It's been a minute since we've had a conversation, but welcome back into your story. This week's episode focuses on Truman Merrick, a standout high school ball player here at Bishop of Blonde, who went on to play college ball, even playing independent minor league baseball, and he's worked in baseball for his whole adult life. Merrick moved back to St. Joseph a few years ago. With his wife Samantha, they've opened up Merrick Baseball Academy. We talk about his path in baseball, growing the game locally, and his hope for the community. Have you had time to kind of process what you guys are building and creating and expanding with at this point? I mean, yes, or yes and no, I guess. I mean, because you're the day-to-day, I guess right now I'm seven days a week. So, I mean, we're super busy, but um, I guess, no, not really. I just kind of keep going with the flow. Um, And it's not like it's, you know, I'm doing anything that's, that's like new or spectacular. It's just, I think we have, a good community to where we're, we're in a good place right now in baseball, because like we spoke the other day or yesterday, actually, but having a good group of baseball minded coaches in high school, I think kind of sets the tone for the entire city. So, I mean, we have awesome, you know, at each school, they just got the new hire over at central. I haven't met him or, or know anything about him, but he has a really good resume um, from what I've seen. But um, so I think it, you know, Having something like that to where it affects the youth then, and then the younger kids know what they're getting ready to get into with the high school coaches, um, it makes it kind of easy, man. Because then, you know, there used to be that – there used to be kind of that uh, divide of of a hitting instructor or a pitching instructor and then what they say and then what a coach says. And it's always like one or the other. But now – you know, having the younger guys with the baseball minds, they're open-minded to hear, oh, okay, he's telling this kid to do this with his hands or he's, you know, saying his arm action isn't doing this, whatever. But so it's not so much like an ego-based thing. Everybody's on the same page as is development now, you know what I mean? Like you said, you're not reinventing the wheel or anything like that with what we guys are doing, but it just seems like maybe baseball's been, St. Joe's been missing something that's connecting everybody, with, at least in the baseball community, like you guys are doing because I know there's been instructing and stuff like that before, but I don't know. This is just seems different in in some aspect or some perspective, at least at that point. I think maybe, you know, because also the quality of instructors that we have at the Academy, I mean, every one of them have played at a high level, both on the softball and baseball side. So, I mean, some of it, having that type of skill set all around to where one instructor talks to another instructor about uh, certain drills to do. Everybody's everybody's in the business of getting better, which is cool. I think that's why it works so well. None of us have any type of an ego issue. We're always trying to learn. So I think that's maybe that that probably plays a huge part. Um, but also too, I mean, you know, the guys before me, like Johnny over with the Mustangs and at Benton, I mean, he's he's set the foundation of of positivity in, in the baseball community. And then, you know, having Seifert and, and Jansen, those guys and, and McLaughlin over at LeBlanc, like they they all paved the way to where, you know, guys that I grew up with even are coaching now to where, you know, the younger kids are – the game's just so advanced now. So being able to have firsthand instruction at the, at the ready I think is huge. You know, I think that I, it's just the timing was right, I guess, because I'm definitely not doing anything that, that hasn't been done before. I mean, I've learned from some great guys um, both in – collegiate and professional baseball but you know again i'm definitely not the guru by any means 
So I've talked to Greg Kastner about this too, and he'll probably tell you the same thing. Um, he's not a fan of Moneyball and that type of stuff, you know, and he, he's adamant about that. He's old school baseball <laughs> still, but you talk about how baseball's changed. How do you see it changing the most or has changed the most? Just like you said, with the instructors and coaches kind of working together or just as a whole, maybe too, in that perspective. Um, I think so. As far as how the game's progressing, like Coach Kastner, um, so like, okay, stuff Coach Kastner taught us, I still use. Like the one thing that I took away from him is he always, or and he actually told me recently too, is to chart each bullpen to show the progression of 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 each pitcher. Hey, it, you you're hitting this percentage of your spots on the outside corner, um, you know, inside corner, whatever. So you have the data just by doing that. So technically. You know, he was we were all using data just on a smaller scale. But now the, the only thing I have with some of the newer technology is 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 like when they talk about your spin rates and um, uh, exit velocities and, and things like that, that that's all good. Like, you know, it's a showcase thing. But what does the 10 year old do with spin rate? Does he even really know how to he or she even know how to you know, benefit from that? Or how does, how do they make that adjustment to increase their spin rate? I mean, once you're older and you kind of have a feel for, um, you know, your body, your swing or, or understand how your arm action is working, then yes, of course, like once you get to that collegiate professional level, absolutely. I, I think that stuff's super beneficial. I mean, they have stuff now where, I mean, if you want to throw a, a, a Rivera cutter, you know, you can literally slow it down on the 2000 FPS cameras and adjust your angles and degree, and you can throw the exact same pitch. I mean, it may not be as, you know, velocity-based, but you can have the exact same, you know, physics behind it. But I don't know. I mean, if I had some of this stuff when I was playing, I would have fully taken advantage of it, 100%. Um, I, I think the game is actually – the the hitters right now are probably in the worst spot just because you can only do so much with the swing. I mean, you still have to understand how to hit, you know, 95 to 98 once you get to that level. But um, I think it's, you know, I think, I think it's the new school and the old school. If you have a good blend, I think it's what you need. I don't think you should, I'm not on one side or the other. I like to, I'm open to, to kind of get educated and, and learn from both sides of it. I know we've talked about this before, but uh, wh why did you, I guess, turn your career into being an instructor and kind of start in the academy in some aspects, but also even before, you know, putting it back here in St. Joe too. Man. So I think when I was still playing, um, I kind of saw the writing on the wall. Like I knew the level I was at the age that I was when I was there, I was, I wasn't probably going to be playing too much longer. So, I mean, on my last couple off seasons, I worked a couple um, desk jobs and it just wasn't for me. And I had a good friend of mine who I was trying to figure out what I was even going to do. And he was like, dude, just stick to what you're good at. Like, you know, if you're, if you, you're good at baseball, just kind of find a way to stay in the game. So my next objective was, was a strength coach route, which was super cool because I got to experience, you know, a different spring training. I got to, uh, meet just a large quantity of, of diverse people and then learn I learned so much from every aspect of the game just by being in that system for those years but I think once I did that and I kind of saw 
the impact of, of what the coaches were doing directly with the athletes, I was like that, you know, I kind of, I knew where I was going because I grew up here in town. There used to be an academy by the name of Hardball and Tim Doherty used to own it. And I went to him for years and years and I actually gave lessons um, at the academy briefly before I, right before I finished playing, I think it was a, the off season before, but, um, and that's kind of when I knew, I, I knew it's, I was going to find a way to combine strength training and, and, uh, baseball into one and try to make, um, kind of grow a brand out of it, I guess. And then years later, here we are. When did you know that you're like, man, I, I know my stuff in the sense that like I can give the instruction and help younger baseball, softball, whatever it is, you know, players grow their game. I think so with that, I, you know, like I said, I learned from different coaches along the way, but also different players. So when I saw how at the higher levels, how open the players were with the coaches in the sense of like conversating about a drill, how the drill felt, I kind of took that instead of being like demanding and enforcing that, like a forcing the drill on a kid or, or, you know, a high school athlete, I tried to get on a personal level with them and explain why this will help try it. And if you don't like it, we can, you know, obviously throw it out. But I think once you develop the relationship with them, um, that's where you see the growth and kind of the, the uh, confidence build. But um, once I started seeing some swing changes and then the results were changing in the games, you know, it's never because of me by any means. They're the ones stepping in the box, getting the work done. Right. So I'm never going to take credit for that. You know what I mean? That's has nothing. I tell them that today, like I have nothing to do with that. You're the one doing it. But I do think I started to see that I'm at least helping on the back end to attach some of the pieces that were missing in their swing. Can it be a challenge to build that relationship or that trust with, you know, younger athletes, or is it, is it easier to maybe start that at a younger age and instead of maybe trying to get them at later high school or college years, even at that? I think, I think it's probably easier uh, when they're younger, but at the same time, like um, our local Ike book, um, I started working with him a couple of years back, but he's on it. Like he's kind of unfair to use because he's already so driven um, right. His dad, you know, just from his from his family background, he was on his way. So, yeah. I mean, for me to be able to help, you know, a little bit, I, you know, was was cool to do. But he was a rarity. The younger kids, to me, that's kind of that age where there's an unknown of what they're doing or their their swing is doing or even their potential. And then if you can kind of like bring that out, I guess that's really the that's kind of the, the, the big thing. That's the turning point to where I think the connection is made when they're, when their confidence builds and they kind of attach that confidence to you in a sense. Does that make sense? Yeah. I don't know if yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm no, that makes sense. Yeah. That seems to be where, where I, I see the, the growth the most in my opinion. As you guys were preparing for the, for the move over to the, the bigger building, I don't know if, if there's like a cool way to you know describe that besides, you know, moving on up yeah but what did you guys what was kind of I guess it going through your guys's minds of like we need more space that's how successful or that's how many people were helping or how did you look at that like we need more room because I know you talked about this summer like yeah we're hoping to branch out a little bit get a little bit more space but did that kind of tell you guys that hey things are going well you're helping a lot of 
not just St. Joe athletes. I know there's a, a lot of baseball oh, yeah, they're from that are over. not from the city too, just kind of coming in and getting help from you guys. Yeah. So um, from our original location, you know, we, we outgrew that pretty quick. Um, the one that was behind Adams, you know, I, I actually had a parent tell me when, I, when we first opened up there and we had um, Sean was given lessons. Um, and I think who else was there at the time, but we had all three cages going. And I remember the parents said, I think you already outgrew this. And in my head, I was like, Oh no, I think you actually are right. Like, <laughs> but so I, I don't know. I mean, it, you can kind of see within the first couple of months when we started having team practices there. And then, you know, my wife has her strength or strength training side going. So it was, everybody was on top of each other pretty quick. And that was pretty evident that we need to, to try to make a move. But, you know, when I first came in town, the, the issue was, is there was no buildings available. I mean, nothing was available. So right, right. Uh, there was a big, uh, Oh, it actually was medicinal uh, marijuana that they had these big deposits being put down on buildings for like this, these insane amounts. So right. nothing was available. So we were in, you know, kind of scrambling when we first got back and we were luckily or lucky enough to land over at uh, BFIT on that backside of their, their building. So, but yeah, I mean, it was pretty evident we needed to get out of there within probably a month or two of even purchasing the building. What made you guys come back to town? Um, so a few different things, but the first thing is my parents are getting a little bit older. So, I mean, coming back and being close to them, you know, my dad's had his deli. I'm the fourth generation there. So, I mean, coming back to be able to help them in any capacity was going to be huge, but also to try to help them slow down a little bit because he still works. I mean, he's going to work 20 hour days until, you know, it's the end. That dude is, is a grinder. And I, I think I get a little bit of that from him, but I'm definitely not even close to the same level. <laughs> I mean, that guy is, He's a machine, but so, but the other thing was, is just kind of like, you know, we saw St. Joe as a, as a, you know, it was my hometown and I think there was a need, man. We, we, we had a long talk about it, you know, when we were in Indiana to try to decide if that was the right move. Cause I mean, she was, that's a big move for her. I mean, her family was 30 minutes away from where we lived there. So she was, you know, changing her life completely, but it, it's ended up being a, a blessing for sure. I mean, it's been, the move back is cool because I see guys that I grew up with, um, guys that I played with back in the day. So reconnecting with the city has been super cool and, and making good relationships. And um, it was the right thing to do. We, we were scared, but it was it was good. It was really good. Maybe I'm looking at this through maybe two optimistic eyes. Maybe maybe I'm not. But as I don't know, especially since the pandemic started, if anything's come out of everything that's going on, there seems to be that drive, that initiative for a lot of younger business owners or younger people in the community to say, hey, there's stuff we can do with this town. This is not a, they not to be the status quo of what it was 50 years ago or even 25 or 20. Why do you think that is? And I mean, you're part of that too, is this kind of, hey, St. Joe is a special place. Let's make it special and want people to want to be here like we are. I think absolutely. Um, I mean, you could just see with in sports right now, it's kind of in that direction. I mean, because like, look at Kai Turner and what he's doing with the Mustangs. I mean, that's unbelievable. So that's kind of like, to me, he's the, the front and center of, of what can happen if you, if you grind. I mean, that dude has put in so much work and look where he's at. 
and he's helped not only in the basketball, but football and baseball. So, I mean, he's having something like that kind of kick off um, the sport world here and then to be able to kind of go side by side with him. Um, but then also, like, when you see the younger minds start to get positions or get in positions to make bigger decisions for the city, I think I think that's going to be huge. Um, you know, St. Joe's a little behind right now as far as in the sport world with facilities and, you know, all the ongoing things with the schools and stuff. But, yeah. and I obviously don't know the answer to that. So I'm not even going to try to say I do, <laughs> Neither but, do I. but, you know, I think, I think with, with, with change, a lot good comes sometimes maybe the initial shock can be, um, you know, alarming, but with the, with the younger businesses up and coming, um, if you just look on Frederick right now, I mean, you got the brewery, there's a couple of restaurants popping up like, this the city's got so much potential with growth and i hope that we can keep everybody internal and 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 keep people from moving outside even the county i think the more we we you know kind of deposit back into the city the growth happens then man i'm gonna try to word this right and i'm not gonna get it on the first try i know that but i'm sure i won't word it correctly answering so it's fine <laughs> we'll just see how this goes and we'll see if anybody <laughs> there's these signs of you know i don't want to say there was no hope before but this kind of seemed like everything was like oh we're going to saint joe or people were just like oh we're going to saint joe it's it's saint right. joe what, what do you think the cause of this kind of re-inspiration or re i don't know renewed energy maybe of kind of saying guys let's get saint joe back to where or to where it, it needs to be and not just be happy with every day just kind of being the same, I guess. I don't know if that's the right way to word that, but. I think I know where you're going with that, yeah. but I think, so really um, it kind of goes from, from here, just, so. yeah, I think, I think it goes from like, you know, the support because, okay, think about just getting, when you have local talent, right. You know, you, you're a large part of the reason why this is happening in my opinion, because you are always out showing the positivity that's happening with the kids signing at schools etc so like to me you know trying to and having like the excitement with saint joe is 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 the talents here mm-hmm. like the the possibility to 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 have kids go on to the next level is evident like it's here the kids are here so i mean i think when you when you try to keep everything in house as long as you can and then you know eventually um then you just got to advertise it then you know what i mean i don't know if i'm explaining that well but yeah, like yeah. I think it's, I think the homegrown needs to be, um, needs to be like portrayed to me. And that's what you're doing. I think the more it gets out that what we have and then what we can build on, I think that's kind of the the foundation really. I have no idea if I answered that right, but I tried. I don't even know if I asked that properly because (laughs) no, because you guys were talking about it when when we sat down and talked about, you know, leaving it better than what we found it. And that's kind of what I've, it can be in the sports world. It could just be St. Joe world. That's what I keep hearing from a, a lot of people in the last eight, 18 months. I don't know if it's because everybody had time to <laughs> sit around and think for a little bit in the beginning part of that March, 2020 and that April when everything was kind of shut down and everybody's like, man, we got to do something. I got to find something to do. I, I don't know if that's where it started or if that's what jump started. I know for Kai, that's what jump started it because he was like, I didn't have anything to do that summer. So I don't I, know. I mean, kind of the same thing for me. <laughs> But I think, I think like what everybody sees is, you know, 
the, where I think we're a little bit behind is strictly facilities. So I think once the facilities are caught up, we're on, it's on, like we're, we're, we have no excuse then like the, to have all the, the resources available for the kids. I mean, that to me is the priority to make sure that they're taken care of and they have everything that they need in the training world and then the academic world. But um, once, you know, I think we get a little bit caught up, which is what it seems like all the, you know, the local uh, business owners are trying to help with um, St. Joe's back on the map. I mean, we're, we're right there. It's kind of like a, you know, I think we were there at one point and then, you know, Kansas city got, you know, you know how it is. I think they got a little more funding out the gate and, yeah. and some of the smaller communities the same way and, and their facilities group uh, pretty quick, but we're right there, man. I think it just takes one move. It might be kind of a shock to some, but I think that'll help. I think that, I think having the updated um, facilities is, is for sure in need. Like that's, that's a large, large portion. It, kind of along those lines too, of just moving forward, you know, I guess moving forward, looking back, because you talked about St. Joe for the longest time. I was looking at the history of, you know, just baseball in this town, not, not let alone any other sport, but doing stuff with the sports commission and seeing the type of, athletes and, and coaches and things come out of St. Joe that I'd wager to guess 35, 40% of the town, maybe more, maybe less, doesn't know who these people are that right. went on to do things. It's not even sports world. I'm sure there's more that I don't even know about them. Like, wow, they came from St. Joe. Like, I don't know if it's just a marketing thing, not, not a marketing thing, but it's kind of a, yeah, you're, I agree. You're visiting the past of like, man, we had like, let's say coach caster that guy was in triple a in the atlanta braves organization he will never tell you that yeah but he was like he was on the doorstep of tommy john with a thing back then and he he'll say a few times but i don't know it's stuff like that like embrace it more and i think we're seeing that because brady's with the sports commission talked about that quite a bit is like we got to get these people out here we got to get more recognition for what's going to come because i don't know how much you know about the iba family like they went into the hall of fame, like the basketball family and everything or the Hilliard family. I didn't know the Hilliard family was that big into basketball. I just thought, you know, the Hilliard company was what it was until yeah. I started like looking into it. I don't know. It's just things like that, that like the celebration of other stuff. athletes. Absolutely. Yeah. I think celebrating everybody's achievements is, is what brings the community tighter because, you know, coach must, that was at Ben for years and years, mm-hmm. him and him and Caston were kind of like the old salty dogs back in the day. Like they, you know what I'm saying? Like those yeah. were yeah. the baseball guys. Like I looked up to them because of, of they grinded, like they grinded back in the day. I mean, must has records out at Missouri Western. I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Um, Caston was in the top 10 rounds, you know, being drafted, like small things like that. And I don't know. I mean, we had, uh, um, I mean, even with like Johnny, I mean, Johnny was an all American, like just, there's, there's so much, there's so much local talent and history that it, like you said, is unknown. And I think part of it, I, I don't know. I don't know if it is marketing actually. I don't know what it is because I think I don't it's think just, marketing was the right word I used because I mean, I, I don't, I don't know how you go about it. I mean, it's just one of those things where, but I think what you're doing now, what you do when you go into schools and you celebrate kids getting signed, um, like the Cameron kid who just got picked up by the Royals. I mean, things like that need to be celebrated because that's a rarity. Like yeah. to get drafted alone is, I mean, that's a, I, I don't even know what the percentage is of that. Like that's minimal. But then 
to have it done in St. Joe, like that's super cool. Like that's, that's something that I think should be celebrated loudly because that's what everybody's goal in baseball is eventually is to get their name called, you know? Yeah. So for him to have it done, like that's super cool that, that, that happened in St. Joe. Yeah. Cause I remember talking to him. I went over to his house cause they had the whole watch party and everything. And yeah. This is a pretty big deal. Like I think the lot, cause I think it was me and I think it was Ron Hook sitting in a Mustangs game. We were just trying to figure out, you know, how many we've had. There's been Savannah kids that have gotten drafted the last few years too. I mean, there's been, we've had a handful to come through, but every time it's cool. And this was like the first one I was like at his house, like an hour after he got drafted. Like that was like, right. and the Royal stuff was on. Like that, that's the cool thing is like, that's real. Like he actually, he wasn't just wearing up because he's a fan. He's now in the organization and he's yeah. playing for this team. And oh, stuff like that's so like, Man, it's pretty cool, man. Know that stuff too. Like and you I've, just said that about Ron Hook. Um, his son Ryan played. Yeah, and he actually played for the Kansas City T Bones for a little bit. Like he was a stud. You know, Kyle Heim came out of that same class. He was a pitcher with the Cardinals. You know what I mean? And he's yeah. a fireman now. So, yeah, there's there's so much there's so much history, man. And I think I don't know how you really do that. Actually, I wonder about that. How could you? How can you kind of keep like a? I don't know if a shrine's the right word, but something to celebrate though man because that to me shouldn't be something that's forgotten right like kyle kyle Hyman was drafted by the cardinals so that should still be a thing that's out there like that should be known for sure especially you know what i mean i'm sure benton has something from it because i'm but i don't know yeah, I agree. has their wall of honor and everything down there too and every school has kind of like their hall of fame and everything too right right it's cool to see it kind of displayed everywhere and like maybe that's because you and i are sitting here as sports people who are just like Man, this stuff's got to be out there more and more. And but during the whole school district thing, and we're not going to get into that because that's going to be a whole different conversation. But during the whole yeah. up to the bond issue, it was sports are the do- front doorstep to, to the community. The schools are too. Sports kind of is what gets people involved and gets people, whether people like it or not, maybe even more involved. I mean, you look what the NFL did with 50 million people watching. Chiefs game and 90% of Kansas City watching that game, like oh, absolutely. TVs, like sports are bigger than maybe people want to realize. And that's probably another conversation too, is sports run things sometimes. Sports do. But I think also I look more at it instead of the business side of it to me, like, I, I mean, act like, okay. So out of high school, I was on the cusp of going to the military. I mean, I, I could, you know, school wasn't for me. I, I, got you know I, I had good grades or whatever but still I college was not in the books I had no interest in, in going to uh to college just for school but so I was you know about to enlist but then also once once I got my offer from Johnson County like that changed the course of my life so I'm always grateful that I was given that opportunity to pursue to you know to be a student athlete and how it literally changed my life not like not just as like an athlete, but as a man, like working with coach Shelley at Johnson County for those years, he ran a tight ship. Like that dude was, Ooh, like I was terrified of him, but I needed that. Like that was, that was a a part in my life that I'll forever be grateful for because he got me right. Like it was almost like its own little boot camp. So when I went on to my four year down in Georgia, I mean, I was, I was set. I wasn't failing at that point. So, I mean, that to me, like, having an athletic path can create so many good opportunities. And I, I think 
you know, some parents kind of push just for the sport, which is fine, but what can come from it is the cool part. Like I made so many good relationships, right? made good connections, got to see the country. I don't know. Like I, that I see the, the positivity in it and not the negativity, you know, cause the business side of it's the negative part. Cause all of a sudden, you know, if you're playing professional baseball, you got back to back days of over, you know, over O's at the, or over fours at the plate. All of a sudden your anxiety is going up a little bit. You make an error in the outfield. It's right. that's, you know, that stuff doesn't need to be a thing until you maybe get to that point. Right. But when yeah. you're a kid, you need to enjoy it, man. And that's the best part of it. You make your friends, you enjoy the game. It's not a job, but anyways, that's, I kind of get off on a little side there, but that was, that to me is, is with athletics, dude, that's, there's so much positivity that comes from it. I'll get you out of here on a couple of last questions and kind of hit you with rapid fire type of things. What's advice you give to more so high school, you know, kids that are looking, you know, college opportunities. Cause right now it's a whole other conversation with the portal, with NIL, with, everything moving what advice do you give them when they're getting offers or looking around and just kind of weighing their options or saying no i got to go here there's nothing else i'm going to settle for or how do you kind of give advice along those lines i mean it's such a weird time right now because of what everything you just said i mean you still have kids who are coming back from for their covid year so i mean really my advice that i've been giving now is is uh go where the money's at because whoever's offering you you know, the less debt you can get in, I mean, take it. Like you can go, I mean, you can go division one. Like, let's just say that's a, a kid's got a chance to go to division one and it's in the big 12, whatever. We'll just use Kansas. And, uh, you know, they may have to pay still like nine grand a year or even a semester just, just to go right. right. For, let's say it's for housing or whatever, or, or they can go to a central Missouri and have, a $2,000 check handed to them each semester on top of what they're getting paid for. I mean, it, it really just depends on what you want, I guess, because if you're that type of player that can play in the big 12 and you don't mind paying that extra then sure. But for me, you know, I was kind of in that same boat and I'm glad that I ended up where I went because I'm completely debt free from that. So, I mean, to me, I get, I say where the money's at, what they're trying to offer you. Um, in playing time. I mean, if your interest is to go in your freshman year and play, that needs to be a priority too. But getting, it's so different now because, you know, they use Twitter as a recruiting tool now. So kids are using it to kind of uh, spice up their, their uh, recruitment page. Um, right. Email still kind of thing, but there's so many different services now that, that uh, reach out to schools for you. But of course you have to pay them a fee. I mean, it's just, it's nuts. It's completely nuts, but the best that I try to do is, is anybody that I know in, in the collegiate world that's looking for kids, I always try to send them their names. Um, I know the local coaches at the high schools do the same thing, but really, yeah, at the end of the day, it's, it's who's offering you the most money in, in your playing time. I mean, I think those two are go hand in hand. You've mentioned some of your mentors already, but who's someone that really helped you along the way or maybe – went above and beyond what they had to do to kind of make sure you are where you're at today. Um, Coach Esposito, for sure. Um, Daniel Esposito, he just came in town to do a clinic not too, or a couple weeks ago. So where I guess I get a lot of my drills, you could say, but also how I treat kids comes from him because 
when I was down in Georgia, I had a terrible fall. My, I, I don't know that I got a hit. I mean, it was, it was rough. And I came back uh, to St. Joe for Thanksgiving. No, it was Christmas for Christmas break. And I called him and I was like, Hey man, like I'm in a bad spot. I don't know what my swing's doing. Um, I'm barely making contact right now. I, I feel I'm out of whack. I need help. And he had me come down to Johnson County for, I think two or three days a week. Um, for probably an hour or maybe over an hour each time. And that's on top of his daily grind as an assistant coach of his practices and all that stuff with his kids. But he didn't charge me a thing, had me down. um, And honestly, like saved me. I always look at it like that because I went back down to Georgia and and I was good to go. And the coaches noticed, they're like, Hey, what'd you do? And I'm like, well, I went to, you know, my guy, the guy that I trust, like, you know, I'm back on, on, on page now, but so for him, I'm forever grateful because, you know, all the stuff that I'm doing now is, is because of him. If I didn't have him that Christmas, I have no idea what would have happened that spring because I was in a bad spot. I, I that's the worst I've felt hitting in years. The next year, I mean, it was a little bit kind of the same thing in the fall, not nothing crazy. I, I knew how to fix it. So I wasn't worried, but that, that was tough. That was a, ooh, that was a tough fall. How much was it, I guess, physical tools or how much do you think he helped you mentally just kind of get back? I think, I think, I think both because I I was doing some weird, I had like a toe tap. I was trying anything. I was, (laughs) I just wanted to get a hit. I I didn't know what to do. So basically he widened my my stance out a little bit and kind of got me using my hands. And then once I started getting the barrel in the zone better, then he kind of, he adjusted my legs a little bit and, and did some different drills to, kind of ignite my backside use, but um, mentally he did his job without even saying it because I built confidence with how good I was hitting the ball off the tee, flips, and BP. And then I got to face some or have some live at bats against the Johnson County kids that were there. So all of a sudden, you know, he did his job without even really saying a word. I mean, made some small tweaks, let me get success, and then I built my own confidence. But, yeah, man, that was – Ooh, that was rough. Last question for you. I'll let you get out of here. Uh, we, we've talked about before about, you know, motivation and everything like that, but why do you do what you do in life and what, what's the most rewarding part of it? I don't know. I mean, I love it. Like I, baseball is my, like, I guess baseball is really the, the main thing that I'm good at. Like the, the, the one thing that I'm good at, I guess. And, and when I say good at, like it's that I'm comfortable there. Um, I can relate to people with it. Um, I can pass on information with it. Like I, I'm confident with it, I guess. But also just to to be able to pass the torch forward to future, you know, athletes like I once was. So I had, like I said, I had my mentors of Coach Miller, you know, Coach Kastner, Coach Musser, all those guys, and and Shelly and, and Espo, and, and to be able to kind of pass the torch along to the younger youth is rewarding in itself. So I mean being able to go to work every day and flip a baseball and have fun with the kid and, and teach them how to hit and see them blossom and grow. I mean, that's, that's pretty cool. Like that's, there's really no motivation needed. I mean, I can walk into my own facility. I get to see my wife every day. Um, it's awesome. Like I, I couldn't be in a better spot right now. Barry Bonds should be in the hall of fame. Yes or no? hundred percent. All right. That's what I was hoping for. I mean, hundred percent. even before steroid use, or alleged steroid use, he was Hall of Fame bound. Should have been Hall of Fame bound. Yeah, he's, you know, the thing with that, it's just crazy because he never, 
I, I, I don't know the exact dates of all this, but I've been reading different articles about it and he never tested negative. And I, I'm not sure when they implemented the testing, mm -hmm. but it definitely wasn't in the beginning stages of when he was doing this thing. So to me, you know, there's guys in right now that, that did the same stuff that people praise. And obviously there was one that just got inducted the same way that, you know, tested negative or positive, but he still made it. So yeah. Bonds is the most insane hitter we've ever seen. Yeah. Like I, I remember being nine, 10 years old and I don't know. I like McGuire and the Sosa thing. I was like six or seven when that was going on, but like, I just remember no one wanted to hit pit throw pitch to bonds, but people did. And then you just watched it. You just hit it in the ocean. It was nuts. I, I remember Why are you one still pitching where he had, dude, did you see the one where he had against Gagne where he, he hit a homer foul yeah. And then ended up hitting the next pitch in the ocean. Like, that mm -hmm. was the coolest. Like, I don't know. That was when baseball was crazy. It so was so cool. We went – when I know I said we'll get out of here, but then this, this bond sparked another conversation. The oh – man, I'm we must – my family and I went to a game, sat in left field in Kauffman Stadium, and Bond – it was playing the Giants and everything. Bonds is there. And for whatever reason, I went to the restroom – and Mike McDougal struck out Barry Bonds while I was in the restroom. I didn't get to see that one, but I'm just, I hear it. I'm like, and looking at that point, I was like, oh, that's cool. But now looking back on it, why did I leave in the middle when Barry Bonds was batting? And Barry Bonds hitting, that is crazy. And then Bonds, and that's when they were still doing the dozen donuts thing for 12 hits for the Royals and send some fans home happy even if they lost type of thing, what they were doing. They had 11 hits, and the last guy flew out to Bonds right in front of us in the left field, and everybody's yelling at him to drop it. And I think he, he heard – he knew what was going on. I think he just kind of acted like he wasn't going to quite catch it, if that's – my memory serves me right. But seeing him in person was unreal. But then, of course – Like an absolute tank. And I go to the – I'm in the restroom when Mike McDougal strikes him out <laughs> 99 miles an hour. So that's, that's basically what I do is just – I miss the big moments of Barry Bonds and everything. That's awesome. He didn't hit a home – at least I didn't miss a home run from him because he would have parked that thing probably way out of Kaufman and right field. Can you imagine, though, if you were in the restroom and then you heard the crowd go nuts and he actually hit a homer? Uh, that would have been, been rough. Let's see. That would probably have been 10, 11-year-old me, so I probably would be like, oh, that, that sucks. Now I'd, be like, <laughs> now I'd be like, that was stupid. Why did I leave? That was terrible. I'd be mad now more than I was at that age. I'd be like, why did I leave? <laughs> I paid money to see this in person, and I left when he was coming up to the plate. <laughs> oh, man, that, that would make me even more mad now. But thanks, man, for doing this. No, man, thank you, dude.